Good morning, Grace Point. Okay, wow, so much better. There's a label that Christ followers do not like to be called, and that is religious. Okay, some people are surprised that Christ followers don't want to be called religious. Maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you're, you're new to Grace Point, you're new to faith, you're exploring things, and, and you have called someone religious, and you did that respectfully. I mean, you did that, and maybe you even have a little bit of awe for them. They have a faith that you don't have, and so you said that. You called them religious with a lot of respect. Let me explain why Christ followers don't like to be called religious. It's because of this. Religion buries relationship under rules. Religion buries relationship under rules, and it feels like you're tied up. And so Christ followers have found a freedom from rules by having a relationship with God, and they don't want to go back to the rules. Actually, following Christ is a, is a, it's a progressive experience of experiencing more freedom as we go. I mean, there's still a tendency, those rules still are trying to pull us back all the time, even when we're doing good things. I meet with a, a group of young men for, for discipleship, and we were talking this week about spending time with God on a regular basis, cultivating our relationship with God through a quiet time every day, reading our Bible, praying. And one of the guys was so open. I appreciated his honesty so much. He said, you know, I do that, and I get up in the morning, and I, I read my Bible, I pray, and I spend time with God. But it just, most of the time, it just it feels like a duty. And it, it, it's true. I mean, the, the things that we do, sometimes we're doing things and we're doing good things. We're doing the right things and it can still feel like we're tied up and following rules. And so this morning, what I want to do is talk about the freedom that Jesus brings through relationship and how we can experience more of that. So if you take a Bible and turn to Luke chapter 13, that's where we're going to be this morning. We're in a series, if you, if you don't have a Bible with you, uh, there's one on the seat, and Luke 13 is on page 967. Um, last week, uh, we talked about the fact that we can't escape passing, but we can't escape perishing. We can't escape passing away out of this life, unless Jesus comes back uh, be before we die. We can't escape passing, because death is now a part of our experience because sin is in the world. So we can't, ex we can't escape passing, um, but we can't escape perishing. See, see, this life is temporary, but perishing is eternal. And so the way, the antidote to perishing is to repent, to, to change our mind, to agree with God about how to have a relationship with him, to admit that we have sinned and that sin separates us, to believe that Jesus provided the, the antidote for sin, he made the sacrifice in our place, and then to confess Jesus is Lord and to, to follow him. That, that's how we escape perishing. Today, we move out of a very long stretch in the book of Luke. We've been in a long stretch of Jesus' teaching, and now we come to a scene where he's gonna do a miracle. It's the first one we've seen in a while. So we're gonna start in verse 10. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. 
And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. All right, before we go on, I just want to pause, and we need to celebrate what just happened here. Okay, so imagine if, uh, imagine having a physical disability for, for 18 years. Jesus speaks to you and suddenly it's over. Actually, some of you don't have to imagine having a physical disability for 18 years. Some of you know exactly what that's like. And you would give anything for Jesus to say to you, you are freed from your disability and to have it end like that. Some of you have maybe not a physical disability, but an emotional disability. It's one that people can't see. It's depression or it's PTSD. It's something you have carried with you for years and years and years. And you would love for Jesus to say to you, be freed from your, your disability. If someone this morning, if, if someone, one of you had a, a disability for 18 years, you came up and our elders prayed over you and you were freed, like that would catch our attention. That would be amazing. Luke was impressed by this. Because remember, Luke is a doctor, and so he loves to show how Jesus has power far beyond any power that humans have. So he points out in verse 13 that Jesus laid his hands on her, and what's the word? Immediately, immediately she was made straight. So it didn't take years, it didn't take hours, it didn't take moments, immediately. Luke Luke is impressed by this as a doctor. The woman is impressed by this. Because it, it says she, she was made straight and she, what? Glorified God. I'm asking you to participate with me this morning, all right? She, she glorified God, right? So she's impressed. Undoubtedly, the people who are watching this, they are impressed. But not everybody is impressed. Verse 14. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, there are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. The the woman was not the only one who walked into the synagogue in bondage that day. Verse verse 15, the, the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Now, here's the punchline, okay? So so here's the point of this whole scene. So the point of the scene is not just Jesus confronting this man. It's, It's not that the ruler of the synagogue came against Jesus and Jesus came back. And that's not the point. The point is right here at the end in verse 17. As Jesus said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. There's two ways we can respond when Jesus sets somebody free. We can rejoice and we can be excited that they finally got free or we can be put to shame if we don't agree with what Jesus did. See, all, all the hearts, of, all, all the adversaries had to do was let their hearts be melted by what Jesus did, but they were, he was so attached to the way things had always been done that he couldn't receive what was, was new. 
See, Jesus unbound something that he preferred stay tied up. And the question for us this morning is how will we respond when Jesus loosens what's been tied? How will we respond? When Jesus loosens something that's been tied, how will we respond? See, Jesus is confronting some very deeply held beliefs here. And they're not bad beliefs. Okay, this, this synagogue ruler believes that he, he believes that you, sh- you should obey the law. You should not work on the Sabbath. That's a, that's a law that God gave. He said, don't work on the Sabbath. The word Sabbath means cease. So stop your work, take a break. Remember that the world does not revolve around you and what you can do. It actually revolves around what God has done so, and can do. And so you just need to take a break and realize that and put your life in his hands for a day, a week. Certainly we can do that. I mean, that was a law that God gave to us. But here's what the rulers, the the religious leaders did over the years. They added rules to that law because, and it was well-intentioned because they they didn't want to get close to breaking that law. So they're like, let's stand way back here. Let's be sure that we don't break that law. So we're going to add rules. We're going to say um, there's only a certain distance you can walk on the Sabbath. Past that, it's work. You, you can't kindle a fire on the Sabbath. Other than that, that's, that's work. And so they came up with these extra rules that were not things that God gave them to do. And they got caught up in the rules instead of the heart behind the rules. And so the question is, exactly what kind of work did Jesus do with this woman freeing her? I mean, he spoke to her. He called her over. He he placed his hand on her, and she walked away healed. Where's where's the work in that? But in the ruler's mind, the synagogue ruler's mind, um, it it broke out of his boxes. And so there's no rule against compassion. And yet that was the way he was seeing this. But here's the thing. When somebody counters a deeply held belief that we hold, our knee-jerk reaction is to be defensive, is to defend our belief. I mean, especially if it's well-intentioned, especially if it's doing something for, for God. But it could be in some other area of life. If it's the way we relate to God or it's the way we relate to the people around us or if even the way we relate to ourselves, if we have a deeply held belief and somebody challenges that, then that's a point where we tend to to resist. We may be holding on to chains when Jesus wants to set us free. Getting free is really what the focus is in this scene. There's a repeated word through, through this, and we can't see it in the English, so when I'll point it out to you. We'll put, put up on the screen. Um, in verse 12, Jesus talks to the woman and says, Woman, you are freed from your disability. Freed is a key word there. In verse 15, he says, don't, don't, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey and lead it away to water it? The, the, the word untie is, is, a free, is a key word there. And then in verse 16, he says, Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? All three of those words are the same word in Greek. 
It's the word luo from which we get our word loosed. So Jesus is making a point here. Woman, you're, you're freed. You are loosed now. And then when the synagogue ruler counters him, he says, you're, you're a hypocrite because you loose your own animals. You, care, you have enough compassion on your animals, or at least you care about them because they mean some kind of financial gain for you. You have enough compassion that you're willing to loose them. Shouldn't this woman be loosed from her chains that have bound her all, all this time? What's your deal See, Jesus, Jesus is all about bringing liberty. He, he talked about that in his mission statement, which is earlier in the book of Luke. We'll put this up on the screen for you in Luke chapter 4. Jesus in another synagogue teaching on another day, on another Sabbath. Um, he, uh, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim what? Liberty. Please wake up. He has sent me to proclaim, yes, to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is all about setting us free. He's about unbinding. And and wouldn't you think, wouldn't you expect that everyone's going to be excited about that? Wouldn't you expect that people would see this woman coming in? She's been loosed after 18 long years. Wouldn't you think everybody's going to be excited? But not everybody is excited. Because sometimes we, we hold on to what we know. And, and the religious leaders have been, become really good at something that is a danger for you and for me. And that is knowing the word of God better than we know the God of the word. Sometimes we know the word of God and we add rules into it and we miss the God of the word who has compassion. Jesus said this in John chapter five, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. See, freedom is not found in following rules. Freedom is found in following Jesus, following a person. And and Jesus wants to set us free. Verse 16, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, shouldn't she be loosed from this bond. There's such compassion. See, Jesus chose compassion over custom. Sometimes we get caught up in the customs of men and we miss the compassion of God. Jesus chose compassion over custom. There's compassion here that I need to show you because can't, we can't see it again in the, the English translation. But here's what Jesus says in verse 16. He says, this woman is a daughter of Abraham whom Satan bound. Behold, there's a word that was left out here because it's just weird in the translation. But he, it's like he's underlining, she has been bound for 18 long years. He's kept her bound. Isn't it time for her to be free? So don't miss something. That is that Satan has kept her bound and Jesus set her free. Satan, Jesus is stronger than Satan. That, that's good news for us. Uh, this morning. 
Okay, we, we don't get this kind of clarity on every, in, in the New Testament on every disability or disease. We don't get the clarity that it's all caused directly by Satan. This one is very clear. Satan is the one who has kept her bound. Here's the good news. Whether Satan directly keeps you in bondage or he does it by some kind of indirect means just because we live in a fallen world, Jesus is stronger than Satan and he can set us free. Thank you for that amen. Thank you. Okay, someone... Uh, some of you are awake. Now, here's the question, okay? If Jesus is stronger than Satan, we look at this woman and we think, 18 years, really, though, Jesus? Couldn't you have done it sooner than that? Why did it take 18 years? I don't know the full answer to that, but here's what I'll suggest to you, at least part of the answer. It is to communicate through this scene and many others that it's never too late for Jesus to set you free. There, there is no disability that is driven so deep into you that it's too much for Jesus. And you may have tried every other means to try to get free from whatever it is. It, it's never too late. So the question is, how will we respond when Jesus loosens what's been tied? Will we receive his work in us? Will we, we, we may be so used to the way it's always been done, the way we've always done it, the way we've always thought that we may be reluctant to embrace the freedom that he offers. And so we have to choose how we're going to respond. Jesus may want to loose you, to free you from a relationship that you're in that's unhealthy. And you're holding on to it, and you may recognize there's some unhealth in that, but you're like, I, I don't know. I don't know what life looks like without this. So you have to choose, am I going to receive the, the freedom that Jesus offers to me? You, you may be tied to, bound to an addiction and a sin pattern, and you recognize, yeah, this is a problem in my life. It's causing destruction to me. It's not healthy. It's causing destruction to people around me. It's bringing me some measure of comfort. And Jesus comes and says, you can be freed from this disability, but will you receive his offer of freedom? You may have a rule in your life, a, something that flows from some belief system that you have. It's not something God said. It's some rule that you have for yourself, and you impose it on your kids, and you impose it on the people in your small group that you meet with. Maybe you don't verbalize it to them, but it's in your head, and you're thinking, I can't believe they do that. Jesus may be asking you to give up that rule because it's not from him. It's a custom. It's, it's not compassion. Will, will you let go of it? Will you let him? Set you free. We don't always embrace it. The options that we have when Jesus comes to us and says you're freed from your disability, the options are in verse 17. As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. Because honestly now, when someone comes and offers to set you free, why wouldn't you be set free? It, it puts us to shame if we turn that down or or we can rejoice at all the glorious things that are done by him so we're ending early here today i said nobody ever complains when we i i didn't plan it that way but it just kind of happened so rather than me blather on about nothing else i'm just you know nobody <laughs> complains about that but so 
If you're tied up today, know this. Jesus has the power to say you are freed from your disability. And my question is, what will you do with his offer of freedom? Warren Wearsby says about this, he comments on this passage. He says, the synagogue ruler was far more in bondage than the woman was. And so my question for you today is, why, why wouldn't you let him set you free? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And as we're singing that, I, I just encourage you to make that a prayer. Make today the day that you receive. Don't, don't just keep doing what you've done because it's what you've always known or even because you believe it really deeply. Let Jesus set you free. Father, we come to you thankful that you have provided a way for us to, to be free. Thank you that you have come, Jesus, you came to set us free from slavery to sin and to rules and to religion that buries relationship under rules. Thank you that we can be free from those things, but Lord Jesus, we can't be free from those things in our own strength because just because of something we do because we come to church or we say the right words or we read our bible every day we can't we can't get free on our own we need you to set us free and so i pray for the person who's here this morning who somehow some way your holy spirit is speaking to their heart and they're longing for that freedom i pray that they would call out to you even as we sing this song that they would call out to you jesus and, and be able to rejoice in you and know that you can set them free and that their chains are, are gone because of you. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen.